Hey everybody, this is Ariel from 3AE, where God is greater than anything and everything. And this is actually a brief disclaimer. For one, I don't always proofread things. And I realized that in this episode, I had like three or four different recordings for things. I don't know how that happened, whatever. So, mm, but I was actually coming to delete the whole episode. Why? Because this entire thing is high key fueled by anger. <laughs> Granted, there are biblical truths to it, but I do feel like there was so much anger in that moment. Um, and I don't like that, but because there are truths, I want you to hear the truths, but I also want to give you something in its place. Even when you're defending your word, I need you to understand that you still need to be on guard. Don't always just be defensive, be offensive in the sense that while I was defending something or standing on a promise of God, I was completely ignorant to the fact that anger and bitterness and other things were being sown into me, despite the fact that I have a history of anger and bitterness. Like, I just was completely blind to that. So even when these attacks come for your faith, be mindful that you don't become like Peter and ready to chop somebody's ear off. And also just don't let that ruin you. So... I wanted just to, to quietly delete this, but I also feel like it's necessary for you to hear growth. So I think that, I'm really not sure when this was recorded. I think it says the draft was, one of the drafts was made like March 10th. So March 10th me, super, super angry. June 7th me, same year. Um, eh, high key ashamed of this. But I do feel like you just need to know. So. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, being processed does hurt. And sometimes we actually get angry, not so much at the people who are naysayers, but sometimes we're getting angry because we know that we're on the ledge of disbelief. So it's almost like, it's not just that the person has the quote unquote audacity, it's that you really don't wanna hear this thing right now when you know you're contending for your word. So I still stand by, you know, distancing yourself if you have to. Do what you have to do and hear what you have to hear and declare what you need to declare to make sure that your faith is sound. Um, but also, stop rehearsing offenses. Stop rehearsing negativity and let some things go. Um, so yeah, I don't want to leave 3AE at all. But I also don't want it to just be colored by so much pain and hurt um, because I don't feel like I'm that person. I do think that when I went into this, my goal was that people would see that processing hurts. And I think that, I'm not saying like it's supposed, I don't wanna scare you, but it does. Um, and also that in that process, God will show you some ugly parts of yourself. So even while you're listening to parts of this podcast, you're still seeing a lot of my ugly. And while I've been away, God has been working on a lot of those things too. So yeah, it just kind of is what it is. And before you go into this recording about God being greater than the naysayers, uh, I would like to say that, uh, hmm, what would I like to say? Things do change. Things do change before they change. They have to change in you first. Um, 
there has to be a point where you're willing to let things go. I definitely suggest you go listen to the episode called God is Greater Than Wrong Motives. So, although I am talking about Joseph and his brothers in that, I don't, I hope not. I mean, I might, I don't know. I don't really go into like some long, depressing, this is my childhood, like it's nothing like that. It's just an encouragement to let go of some stuff. Like, no matter what, just let go of some things. And I'm sorry if you can hear the AC in the background. But, yeah, that's all I have to say. You're about to hear March 10th, Ariel go into an angry rant with a little bit of preaching (laughs) throughout it. Um, The word still stands, but the anger and the passion is definitely misplaced. So, yeah, but I also feel like you have the right to know that. Anyway, we're about to go into some transition music, and then now you're going to hear the recording. I love you, and God is so good. Like, healing is an amazing thing. Because, whoo, child, let me tell you, this recording was a mess. Anyway, love you guys. Bye. everybody this is Ariel from 3AE or God is greater than anything and everything and I'm gonna actually kind of just take you on a trip I'm not gonna tell you what God is greater than yet just because it hasn't worked into my speech yet granted you're gonna know the title you're gonna know what he's greater than but I just kind of want to talk so there are times where God has given you direction he's given you confirmation he's given you peace He's settled you in your spirit. You know what you're doing, where you're going, and all of those things. And sometimes a person will come and they will ask you, well, has God really said that? They're going to come just like the serpent. They're going to come just like Peter saying, be it far from you, thinking that, and sometimes, you know, these people are going to come with malicious intention. And sometimes people are going to ignorantly speak against the will of God. And you have to settle in your spirit that you're going to do what God said, no matter what this person in your face is saying or what they're declaring or what they're decreeing or what their opinion is, because they're mindful of the things of the world and not the things of God. So this message was inspired, um, I guess, just by like the conversations that God has been having with me after watching or hearing two people, different people talk. So I was listening to um, Kashina Bago, she has a channel called Beauty for Ashes on YouTube. And she was talking about, you know, how, like, how do you handle a false prophecy? And she was saying, you know, how did Peter go from knowing who Jesus is, the son of God to the next second telling him what he's not going to do. And Jesus telling him you're Satan in this moment. Um, how does he quickly do that switch? And then also recently my pastor was talking And he was saying that we need to get to a place where we're so settled in our identities, where we know who we are, that can't just any old body come into our face and say something opposite. And you're thinking that you have to somehow fulfill what they're saying, that you have to somehow respond, or maybe, maybe they're right about me. And I actually don't know who I am. We have to stop responding to these words. And so 
we have to understand that God is greater than the naysayer. God is greater than any counterfeit. God is greater than anybody who thinks they have authority. And you have to believe that. And you have to also come to this place where you believe and you understand that your father God has given you the authority to say what he says and to breathe what he breathes. And if somebody is coming to you saying the opposite of what God has said, you have the authority and the right to tell them, hey, yo, Satan, get behind me. That's just, it just is what it is. Granted, I mean, maybe you don't feel like that's tactful. Maybe you're just like, bro, do you. But what I'm going to tell you to do is don't you agree with them. Don't you sit and say, well, maybe. Don't you sit and consider that maybe their words somehow carry some weight because they don't. They're a liar. Prime example. Um, I'm just going to be kind of transparent in this moment. And this is even something that God has said to me. I have a habit of being self-deprecating and calling it humility. But God has already spoken to me about certain areas of my life where he's directing my path. He's telling me, he's directing my steps. He's telling me what I'm going to be or what I already am, but I haven't completely wrapped my head around it. So even if somebody gives me a compliment in that area, I'm like, nah, bro, I'm not that great. But I am though, (laughs) not because of me, not because of who I am in my flesh. It's because of who my daddy is and because my dad has already spoken that over me. So why am I constantly agreeing with hell and saying I'm less than when my father has made me more than enough? What? Why? Why am I my own naysayer? That's stupid. Why am I doing that to myself? I don't know. Why are you doing it to yourself? If God has already given you a vision and made it plain, he's already told you to write it down and so that you can watch it and it's going to come and it's not going to tarry. If he's already told you all of these things, why are you sitting back and, and, and cursing yourself? So you sit back and curse certain areas of your life. And I'm low key, I'm talking to myself right now. You sit back and curse certain areas of your life where God is already giving you a word, but you get offended when somebody else has the nerve to curse a different area of your life that you have the faith to stand on. Why though? Let's get consistent. Let's get to a place where God doesn't allow any of our words to fall to the ground because everything that we say is what he's saying, that we're partnering with him in this thing and that we're decreeing and we're declaring until that thing comes to be. If he said, let there be, you have to also have a faith in right now and his let there be in this moment. Pause. This is a completely random thing, but it's a tangent that I feel like talking about. If you've ever seen that car called the Fiat, right? Fiat means let there be in uh in Latin. So like I think in like the the Bibles that are, you know, written in Latin or whatever, the first thing is like fiat, I think lux, I think that's what light means, whatever. Light, let there be, whatever. So, side note, has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I feel like it just kind of fits here because I feel like talking about it. All right, money, right? In the United States, we have a fiat currency. All money is, is a contract, right? All it is, is a bunch of people have come to an agreement that a green piece of cloth or linen or whatever the heck our money is made out of is worth whatever $100 is worth at that point in time or whatever the one that's printed with $20 on it that it's worth more than that at that time. If all of us woke up one day and decided that $20 bills are worth more than $100 bills, let there be. It would just be because we've all come into an agreement. We sit here and we worship money. We sit here and we worship these things that just have a value because we've agreed that it has value. So how much more can the faith and the word of God have value when we agree with God? Let there be, let your word be fiat faith. When we have that kind of faith in the things of God in the pages of his word and the things that he tells us to write in our journals and what he hides in our hearts how much more can it produce in this world how much more can it do how much more and here's the crazy thing about this fiat currency when it comes down to money these 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 little contracts if I pay you $20 to do something or however much I pay you to do whatever I don't know bro if I give you that $20 
I have lost that buying power once that money goes into your hand. The dollar within, like within itself, it holds its own value because we've agreed to it. However, I can speak a word into your life that God given me to say to you, and I can still hold on to that word for myself. I don't have to give up my faith. I don't have to give up love. Those things that God has given us, those currencies that God has given us, those things still speak and they still produce fruit even if I give you some, I can bless it and break it and hand it to you and still have something in my hand. So how much more important is it that we agree with God instead of agreeing with our naysayers and that we have faith in the things that we cannot see instead of putting all of our faith in a dollar or whatever finite thing you've been putting your faith in? I don't know what that thing is. Do you know how long I've been wanting to talk about the fiat currency thing and I haven't had a reason to say it? Praise God. I feel like this is going to be one of those days where I'm just going all over the place and whatever comes to my heart, that's what we're going to talk about. But praise God, I'm going to go with that too. But anyway, we have to get to this place where everything God says is yes and amen because you don't have a right to sit and be mad when somebody tries you on something that you know God has said. When you try him on something else he has put in your heart. So if I were to, I don't even want to give this more detail. But for instance, like I think I've said it multiple times, I'm a teacher, right? Um, I'm decent. <laughs> I'm a decent teacher. My kids like me. My kids love me. Um, and I love my babies. However, even though instead of me just saying like, of course I have room to grow. We always have room to grow. Instead of me just saying like, yeah, I can do better here. I just completely just disrespect myself. I just say, well, I ain't even gonna repeat the things I've said about myself because God told me to stop saying those things. But there are things that God has told me about my career, about this craft, about things that he wants me to do and things that he has said to be true about me. So why am I not decreeing and declaring those things that I'm constantly rehearsing this lie because it makes me comfortable and it doesn't challenge me? Y'all, I don't know. And how can I sit and say that I want to be a better teacher, but then I sit and I curse myself? If I'm made in the image of my father, if I'm made in the image of the very God that says, let there be and those things are, how can I sit and curse myself and think that those curses won't be? So I know that there are some doctrines that say, um, <clears throat> it's only God that can speak those things as though they, uh, that be not as though they were. I'm here to tell you that you have to echo you have to echo what he says. It has to be on earth as it is in heaven. Those things are already made. It's not that they're not. They're just not here. You have to speak to get those things into the earth. You have to keep speaking, praying, declaring. Every time you open your mouth to declare the word of God in a particular area and something that he has given you, that is the equivalent of you telling your destiny to push until that thing is birthed. You have to keep saying push. You not saying push ain't gonna stop the thing from coming. I mean, you're just gonna sit there and in pain and ride until like what, the dream dies inside of you? You can't do that. You have to say something. Granted, I know that in real childbirth, a person like if somebody stops saying push, the mom isn't going to necessarily stop saying push. But you get the imagery, okay? So just follow me. Don't do not do that. Don't go on those, those tangents. Like, stop it. It's okay. So, yeah, God is greater than your naysayers. And to also just stop it. Stop being your own naysayer. And also, when it comes to those interactions that you have with people or even with yourself. 
Sometimes if somebody offends you, I want you to really sit and think about it. I don't want you to ruminate on it for the sake of maintaining the offense and fostering a wound and letting it grow into wrath or resentment. But I want you to really figure out like why you're mad. Like ask God, like, what am I mad about? And sometimes he might even show you you in that situation. He might show you how you do the exact same thing to yourself. Even as I'm speaking right now, what I was planning on saying is not what I'm saying. But you know what? Before I got into this, I was also praying that God would say what he wanted to say. Um, There are times where I do to myself what people have done to me. So why am I able to get really indignant with a person, but I don't have that same kind of, I don't keep that same energy <laughs> when I'm disrespecting myself or, or my father? Why don't I keep that same energy? So yeah, stop being your own naysayer. Um, because like I said, we want to be the kind of people where God can do what we say. And I don't mean that like he's a genie in a bottle or some junk like that. But what I do mean is if you have authority and you don't want God to, you don't want to just be wielding that that stuff just crazily. You don't want God to ever have to be like, why did I ever <laughs> promise to do whatever this person said? They're a psychopath. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get on a power trip. And so God is training us now. Can your words consistently line up with his? You know, I think it, uh, I can't remember. It might be in Zechariah, but I'm not sure. I could be lying. I'll have to find it later. We're not supposed to despise small beginnings. So can you be a world builder even now? Can you be a kingdom midwife even now can you usher those things into the earth right now before you have this big huge platform that you're looking for can your words consistently line up with God's right now when things are small can you do it now can you do it before you have some some even greater um opposition right and there are times where we want elevation and we're thinking, well, you know, God, if you would just do X, Y, and Z for me, it'd be so much better. But you don't do know when you get, you know, people always say greater levels come with greater devils. If you can't kick this this devil in the chest right now and knock the wind out of him, what makes you think you're gonna be able to handle like the big the final boss? Like, bruh, you can't stop it. You <laughs> you need to get over yourself now. If you can't beat this little impish demon right here or this impish voice speaking in your ear and telling you you ain't nobody and low-key it look like a rat in the spirit or some junk like that. If you can't fight the one that's your size, what you look like? What you think you're going to fight a dinosaur-sized demon or a whole dragon-sized demon? You can't do it, bro. You can. I feel like this is just like the most random rant. But anyway... Um, <laughs> let's, um, y'all just stop, stop cursing yourself and stop disqualifying yourself from a promise. That's one of the biggest things I want to say. Stop disqualifying yourself from a promise because you're saying opposite of what God is calling you to do. When we look back at Numbers 13 and I'm not going to read it. I thought I was going to take out my Bible and like read all of these things. Go read it for yourself. When we look back at Numbers 13, um, they've gone through the wilderness and then 12 spies get sent into the promised land and they're supposed to be like, they're supposed to go see what it's like, what kind of fruit it has, what's in there, right? They come back saying like, yo, it got like some big old fruit. It's great. It's beautiful. It does flow with milk and honey. However, there's giants and we're ants in their sight and ah, oh, we can't do this. 
And then, of course, we know that Joshua and Caleb are like, y'all, we got this. Like, God is with us. We can do this. However, those other 10 turned the heart of the people away from God. And so they didn't go inherit their promise. These people didn't even see the giants for themselves. They just took it off of the word of these 10. So here, there are a few things to consider with this. Was it the fact that they were the majority of the, the spies or was it the level of influence that those 10 men just had? Because they were leaders from each of the tribes. So are you handling your influence well or are you causing people to turn back from the promise because you're telling them it's too big? Or is there somebody in your life who has a great amount of influence in you, over you or with you and you're allowing them to say, I see a giant, you can't go. Did God say that you can't go? When has God ever said there's a giant outside, you can't go? There has never, I can't say that there has ever <laughs> been A situation where I can think where God is like, oh, no, it's scary outside. You should stay in the house. There might be times where he's like, yeah, go hang out over here for a season. But he's not telling you that the the giant is going to overtake you. So why are you letting somebody disqualify you because of what they're afraid of? Why are you letting somebody else's insecurity, their fear and their doubt and their unbelief keep you from what God has already said is yours? Don't do it. Don't play yourself. And so I guess that brings me to one of, or I guess really the beginning of this rant. I am the kind of person where if it's something concerning me and I have already, I know what God is saying about this thing. I'm not asking you for prayer. I'm not asking you for support. I'm not asking you for anything. If you have anything opposing to what God has said, I'm not trying to hear you. Get out of my ear. I didn't ask you. Your opinion doesn't matter. It has absolutely no authority here. So why are you even talking to me? And I'm also the kind of person where if you come to me with something, I'm going to tell you my opinion if you're asking me for it. I'll support you if you're asking me for it. But I'm also going to ask you, have you prayed about it? What is God telling you to do? Because I don't know what God is telling you to do. He could have you doing something that completely makes no sense to me. But that's not my life to live. Granted, if it's not unbiblical, I'm going to tell you it's unbiblical and that's probably not God talking to you. But if there's a precedent for it, bro, have at it. If I can help you, you, is is God asking you to partner with somebody? Is that why you're coming? What is it that you need from me? Um, But there are some things that God is calling you to that you don't need anybody but you and him. Granted, when it comes down to the children of Israel, they were going into the promised land together. There needed to be unity for them to go into that place. But most of them were united against God. Their faith had waned. It had grown cold. They were fearful. Um, But there is something that God is calling you to do that requires no man's approval. It doesn't require anybody to dispatch you. It doesn't require um, certain people, places, or things. Go do it. Step out on faith. Stop looking at situations and saying to yourself, well, if only this would happen. You're also the same person who reads the Bible and you're wondering, well, why didn't they just do it? Why were they thinking that God was going to somehow abandon them to Egypt when he had like killed all the firstborn already and done all these plagues? Did they not see his wonders in Egypt? Have you not seen his wonders in your life? Have you not perceived them? So why are you thinking... That just because somebody says the opposite, that it can't come to pass. Like, 
We so often pray to be more like God, to act more like God, to walk more like God, to talk more like God, to declare more like God, to be in alignment with God. But we fail to realize that being in alignment with God comes with opposition. His, <clears throat> oh Jesus, there were angels in heaven who got to behold him in his glory and they still had the nerve to say that he was unrighteous. There were these angels in heaven who were acting just like the prodigal son's elder or the prodigal son's elder brother and saying, I've been here. I've been working. Why haven't you done X, Y, and Z for me? The same kind of spirit. That is what they operated in and they had the nerve to not enter into their father's rest, to not come into the house because they want to sit in say that the father is somehow wicked because he hasn't elevated them in the way that they thought they should be and he is sitting there saying you've always been with me you've been with me since I've created you you've never not been outside or you've never not been in my presence you've never not been able um to just be with me and feel my glory and just the overflow of what that means. You've never been in a place where you haven't been blessed, but you have the audacity to say that I am somehow not good because I have the desire to bless a being that isn't you and doesn't look like you and it's made of dust. That God that you want to be so much like is the same God who faces this opposition every day and he floats above it. It doesn't bother him. It doesn't phase him. It doesn't take him down from who he is or what his plans are. It's just I see someone who was once my son just running out, just talking out the side of his neck like he doesn't know who I am. And he's so prideful. Satan, his his. His little club of people or demons, they are so prideful that they won't even admit that God is good. They have no choice but to worship and to honor him and to bow down to him. But they will not. They dare not say, well, you know what? You're actually good. They, they sit and do nothing but blaspheme his name. And so you think that when they have the opportunity to speak in your ear and to, an, and to a friend's ear, that they're not going to come specifically against the thing that God has said is not. Huh. One of the ministers at my church just said it tonight because God said it to her. It's not about you. It's about the word. It's about the word. Of course, people are going to be offended for the word's sake. Of course, people are going to attack you for the word's sake. Of course, people are going to unwrap or snatch that thing from you because it's what God said. There are so many things that God has spoken over my life that I refuse to let go of because there is too much riding on it. I have an entire generation that's going to be waiting on that thing. I have... People that I care about, people that I don't know yet who are depending on that word to come to pass is not about me. And so I can't just sit and say, well, I'm offended. How dare you say something against me? These things are having the nerve to come against God. These are the imaginations that exalt themselves against God. Of course, they're going to come for your word. Of course, they're naysayers. And it's not because they think that thing can't come to pass. It's because of what will happen when it comes to pass. So stop it. There won't be any delay. There won't be anything stopping it. Nobody can snatch your word, beat back the bird, beat back the fowls of the air and keep the thing that God has given you. It is yours to steward. Nobody can have it. Stop thinking that somehow somebody can snatch it from you. You have to distance yourself because all somebody wants to do in your ear is curse you. 
Tell that, de that devil to get away from you. Stop being around that voice. Stop letting your ears, stop letting that go into your spirit. Stop hearing that thing. Our God, his voice carries creativity. One of the things that I remember my pastor saying that just like hit me, especially when I was like in the most depressing part of my process was that God can't lie because he is creative. Everything he says, it has no choice but to exist. He can't deceive you because his mouth is creative power. That's just how it works. So even if if, if the sky was blue right now, and right now it's like pitch black outside, at least from my perspective, or even if, you know, we, we how we perceive the sky, if God looked at the sky and said, it's yellow, like it's bright yellow, and he said the sun is the sun is blue. He can't lie. The sky is now gonna be yellow, and the sun is now gonna be blue. That's just what's gonna happen. He can't deceive you. His words is just truth. His mouth it does that. So stop being so fearful. If somebody or something says something that is contrary, then it has no choice but to be the one that's lying. Because God has said, just because you can't see it yet doesn't mean that God has not said. We have to understand that. And you need to guard your ears and you need to guard your heart and you need to prepare to cast down these imaginations. You need to do that. Because when we think about it, right? Going back to, back to that fiat, that let there be. How do we exist? Like, he said, let there be light. And somehow, light knew what it wasn't to be. <laughs> somehow, the things, the nothing, the, what, the, 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 the something came out of God, came from his mouth, and something heard. And it did, and it was. So guard what you hear so that you're not out here, like, be what you hear and let the things that you hear be what God is saying. And declare what he's saying louder than anything else that you hear. Just God is bigger than the naysayer. God is bigger than your accuser. God is bigger than the giants that other people see just because all of Israel was cowering in a corner that didn't mean that David had to cower in a corner or wait for their faith and their strength to be renewed before he went and threw a rock at Goliath's head he didn't need all that he needed God one of the other ministers in my church always says when God in you is always the majority you sometimes don't need those people that you think you need. Now, I'm not sitting here saying that you don't need fellowship, you don't need community. You do, but the ones who are spewing foolishness and things contrary to the will of God in your ear, that's not who you need to listen to whatsoever. I'm going to just read. There were so many things that... I had in mind to read. I'm just going to read this same um, section that uh, was mentioned on that YouTube video I was telling y'all about. Um, it's in Matthew 16, but I'm actually going to read. Um, I'm going to actually just read from 21 to 28. So Matthew 16, 21 and 28. This is the KJV. 
From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again and be killed. Wait, no. And be killed and be raised again the third day. I read that line twice. I'm sorry, y'all. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Sorry, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So of course, you know, in one out of one perspective, of course, we can we know that Jesus is literally talking about his death, burial, and resurrection. He is saying that some of you will literally have to die for me. And that's what it takes. But it also requires just a dying to yourself. We have to die daily. You have to let pride go. You have to let your ego go. You have to let go of wanting to be perceived a certain way in other people's sight. You don't have to be right in their perspective. You don't have to be perfect in their perspective. You don't have to make sense to them. Stop needing to be understood. It's okay. He uses foolish things to confound the wise. That's what he does. So stop needing that. Stop needing to be right in the sight of men. Men don't know anything without God. We, Who cares <laughs> what people think? Let it go. Let it go. People are going to tell you, and sometimes you yourself, you're going to sit and try to counter the things of God because you think it doesn't make sense or you think it's too risky or you think there's some kind of death involved or some kind of shame involved or some kind of consequence. But you avoiding that thing that you you believe is the consequence is going to keep you from everything else that is for you to have. Like, <clears throat> opposition comes. And going back to, I think, the last episode we did. Do you call it an episode? I think it's an episode when it's a podcast. I'm all over the place. But I just want you to hear this. <laughs> when we go back to that last episode, we talked about how the knowledge of good and evil it's the knowledge of good and evil. There's always some evil that's going to kind of try to wrap itself around something that's good. So even when God says a word and you know it to be true, God's word can't be corrupted. It is what it is. Nothing can, 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 can somehow just mar his words, his being. He's holy. But a thorn can come from somewhere. A weapon can come from somewhere. There's always going to be some evil, or I want to say always, I don't want to curse you to that. Oftentimes, 
there is going to be some kind of evil or opposition that wants to make itself known because that is the cursed world that we live in. The beautiful part is that you have the authority to tell that thorn that it has absolutely no place in your life. You have the authority to say that your God is the king of that thorn too. It has to go. So in the same way that Jesus rebuked Satan and Peter, you need to rebuke those lies. You need to cast down those false imaginations. You need to stop listening to the foolishness. And so, yeah, God is greater than the naysayer. God is greater than so many, anything and everything. <laughs> and watch your mouth, not just concerning what you say about other people, but watch your mouth concerning you. We hear all the time, and I'll have to put the verse in the description. We hear all the time that we have to give an account for the words we say. And y'all, we're made in the image of God. We're, our God built everything. Y'all, he built everything. Everything. All things. He's made them. Everything was made by, through, and for him. We know this, right? And we're made in that same God's image. And we have to give an account for everything we say. So I want you to imagine this, right? Because this kind of messed with me. So you die. And you meet God. You're in. Well, not meet him. I hope you're not meeting him for the first time when you die. But you die and you're in front of him. You see him unveiled. You see him in his glory and his majesty. And he opens up some books and he's like, all right, let's see who you were. Granted, he already knows all of these things. We know this, but he wants to show you who you were. Imagine that every word you say, like, builds a dollhouse or like a pop-up book, right? Did your words build something that looked like heaven? Or did your words build something that looked like hell? Whatever your words built, that's your inheritance. Can you imagine that? Like, so even going back to when we were talking about that fall, right? They sit and they talk about how they just blaspheme God all day. Hell is a place that was built by somebody else's refusal to acknowledge God's goodness. If you say that God is unrighteous and you refuse to admit that he is good, if you refuse to believe in him, you refuse to yield to him, every good gift comes from him. You can't have any good thing outside of God. That's what you build. When you build a life, that doesn't include him. You build an inheritance that doesn't include him. You build an eternity that doesn't include him. I've heard so many times that people people say like, God, like, well, how can a loving God send people to hell? And then people always counter, God doesn't send people to hell. They choose it. What are you saying about him? What is your life showing about him? Are you believing him? Are you creating fruit? Or are you creating Darth? What are you doing? Be mindful of what you say. Be mindful. 
but also be willing to repent. <laughs> if you've said something stupid, which we all have, you can repent. It can be erased. His blood can blot that out, which is a beautiful thing. It's like when we read the book of Esther, or even when you read in Daniel, how Nebuchadnezzar would send out this decree and then he couldn't undo it. And so whatever would have to come to pass. So like, you know, Daniel still had to go into the lion's den. The um, the three Hebrew boys, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not a billy goat, Abednego, um, all of them had to still go into the fiery furnace. And even when it comes down to the book of Esther, I always say the king's name wrong. I think it's like Azaharis, something like that. The king, him, the Persian king, that dude. He couldn't undo the word that he let Haman send out. However, he could allow Mordecai and Esther to create a different decree that would come before Haman's thing could come to pass. So when it comes down to that, you know, Haman and Mor or, I mean Esther and Mordecai's decree would fall on a date that would come before everything that Haman had, you know, planned, plotted, and schemed. But when it comes down to like Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, you know, God still allowed those things to happen, but he kept them in those times. So if you've said something stupid and you've cursed yourself and you're in a dumb situation right now, <laughs> I'm not saying the three Hebrew boys cursed themselves, but themselves or Daniel did. But, you know, sometimes God will still give you that grace. To survive that thing and come out as unscathed as you possibly can. You might be a little shook because you were staring at some lions all night. But you're alive though. And other times he's going to just give you the authority to be back your enemy. So pray. And figure out which one of those things he's going to give you the grace to do. But yeah, this has been all over the place. God is bigger than the naysayer. Stop saying stupid things. Um, Stop listening to stupid things. And yeah, God is just really good, y'all. God is greater than everything and anything, anything and everything. And he's just good. He's really good. Huh. I was so, I don't want to say proud of myself, but I was like, yeah, these things haven't been so random lately. But it's all good. I didn't have bullet points, but you know, that's the gist of it. So, yeah. And side note, I just want to give my God glory. <laughs> I really do. I don't know if people realize, and I mean, maybe because I'm also not planning, I just legit start talking a lot of times. Well, I don't want to say I just start talking. There are times where I'm trying to run through and figure out how I want to pose something. Um, trying to figure out how I want to say something in a way where... Um, Nobody gets hurt, if that makes sense. Because a lot of who I am and just the conversations that I have with my daddy, they're based off of things that have happened. Um, but then I also have to remember, like, some people actually know about this podcast now. And they might feel some kind of way if I tell them about the thing they did when I was like, X years old and how much they got on my nerves <laughs> um and he keeps me and he finds a way to still deliver his message and have his heart come through and it not be colored by 
an offense and not be colored by an attitude and not be colored by indignation or anything like that. And it just be what he wants to say. And so, yeah, I just give him all glory and all honor and all praise. Um, because it's really easy to hurt people and it's really hard to heal them. I don't know where all of this is coming from even now. <laughs> um, it's, it's really easy, y'all. If you think about this process, I don't know what God has revealed to you in this season. But I know for me, it, not even this season. I'll, I'll say the prior season because this season has been fine. But in the really hard parts of my process or just the things that preceded it, it didn't take long to, for me to hit rock bottom or what was rock bottom for me. I don't know what's rock bottom for you. It didn't take me long. It was pretty quick. It was, you know, not even a year for things to just, just like for things to not be what I knew God had for me. And it took a lot longer to rebuild. It took a lot longer, excuse me, to get to a mental space where I just, I'm okay. And the crazy part is at the same time, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't take super, super long because a lot of my mindset started when I was a child. But in comparison to that season, like I said, that preceded it, um, it's been longer. This, this, this little leg here, this leg here has been longer than that part. Um, but what I guess it shows is that the enemy will be building infrastructures in you for years and years and years. And then one day he'll just say, all right, it's time. And then like a bunch of foolishness just happens really, really fast. And you don't realize like how much he's been investing into attacking you until it comes and it comes hard like a freight train. It's like years and years and years of building, like I said, a freight train. <laughs> um, they have a whole construction team and sometimes, you know, uh, the plans might have a little delay and go over budget just a little bit. But as soon as they open that stuff, they want to try to kill you. And then they destroy some stuff. And then you're like, God, I can't take this on my own. And then he has to come clean up some stuff. And he has to show you who you are, who he's made you, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, how much he keeps you. And how he didn't build that stuff. And how he never desired for it to be there. And so, yeah, and I guess maybe that's why. I don't know, y'all. I just feel. God is really good. And you're coming out. And I remember when I was in a really dark part of it, I remember getting really mad at God. 
I remember being so mad at him. And I remember saying to him, I don't even know what I said, but I know the heart behind it. The heart, the, 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 what I was communicating, I can't like remember it verbatim. But what I was communicating to God was, how can you say that you love me when you're letting the enemy beat me up like this? How can you say you love me when you're giving him so much authority to destroy things in my life? And granted, really, I had given the enemy the authority to do all of those things. But I was mad at God because he didn't snap his fingers and make everything just turn back as soon as I repented. I was mad at God about that. And I had to just sit in that. I had to accept the fact that I had nowhere else to go. And what else could I do? <laughs> um, I tell you. One of my theme songs that would like low-key make me just get all types of in my feelings in that season was Trip Lee's I Don't Know. That song was just like how I felt. I felt like that. Go listen to that song. Go just Trip Lee, I Don't Know. That's the song. Go look it up. That's how I felt. And... I just had to sit in it and sit with God and tell myself uh, or repeat things. And that's another thing, y'all. You have to continue decreeing and declaring. And that's even something that I have to continue doing. Um, I remember the first time, and I probably have mentioned this before. The first time somebody, or I got a word from my pastor to remind God of everything he said. I remember getting so mad and I was like, he's God. Why would he need me to remind him of something? He knows what I don't know. And it made me so mad and it hurt me so much. I don't want to cry right now. It hurt me so much because growing up, if I had to remind my dad of something, it wasn't going to happen. Um, if my dad said remind me, that meant he had no intention of doing it. And so for somebody to say, remind God, speak it, declare it, to me it's just like it's not going to happen. That's what that sounded like to me. You're telling me to remind me because you have no intention of doing it. Because if it mattered to you, it would be a priority anyway. That hurt so much. And so, and, and even within the last year, granted these last few months, the last, I don't even say this last year, since, I'm going to say since the Hebraic uh, year. So since 5781 started, I've been good. But uh, <laughs> 5780, 2020, um, was, there were times where I would have these really high highs and be decreeing and declaring and, you know, saying everything from the mountaintops. And then there would be a day where I'm like, it's still not here. And I would just break and I would just fold and I would be so heartbroken because it's just like, when is it going to come? When is it going to change? When is it going to switch? And it would really, really, really hurt. But now I'm in a season where I'm seeing 
things that were spoken over me in like 2018. Kira still thinks I'm waiting for it, obviously. Like there's been something that I've been waiting on since like, mm, I mean, I've been waiting on a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, But it's crazy because some of the things that I'm waiting on, they didn't affect my faith negatively. It wasn't like it's not here yet and God doesn't love me. Oh, Some things it's just like, oh, it's just my time. <laughs> there are some things where it's like, mm, it's fine. And then there are other things where it's like, y'all, I, I want you to sit and think about that too when you get off of this rambling podcast that was supposed to be short, but I keep talking because I don't know how to shut up. Um, I want you to look at some of the words you've gotten or some of the things that you know God has said to you or things you're believing for. And I want you to just kind of compare them to each other. Why are there some things you're holding on to where, you know, it hasn't come yet, but you're it's not bothering you. It's not vexing you. It's not making you feel impatient. It's not making you feel any less love. But then there are other things that, like, haven't come. And you've probably been waiting on them for even less time than the other thing. But those things are, like, getting on your last nerve and making you feel like a... a Oh, man. Making you feel like an orphan. Oh, God. Those things that might be triggering you. Those are the places where you've been hurt before. That's why you're so antsy. And you probably already realized that. But I guess it just hit me like a wave. Like, the things that I'm waiting on that I get really offended (laughs) with God about are because they mirror something that I've already lived through. And the ones that I'm waiting on that I'm not really phased about, I don't feel any kind of way, I'm not fearful about, I don't have any weeds in those places. I don't have any thorns in those places. I don't have a reason to not believe him in those places. I haven't seen anything but his goodness in those areas. I have no reason to believe anything other than what he's saying about those things. But because I've encountered certain things, experienced certain pains in certain areas, because I have a knowledge of evil in some of those places where I'm supposed to In his perfect will, I would have known nothing but his goodness. I get so scared as if he's not there. Or I've gotten scared. I don't want to say I still do. Uh, Let's just pray before this thing tells me that I've been on here too long. (laughs) God, I thank you. Thank you for revelation and patience and communication and love and your care and your kindness, God. And I thank you for the opportunity to just be yours. Father, we put down our past. I put down my past. I put down the old mindsets. I put down the naysayers. The naysayer that is my past, Lord God, the imagination that is my past, my past that keeps talking to me and telling me it's going to repeat itself, the past that keeps wanting to tell me that you're like some person, God, when you're so much bigger and so much greater. God, I'm going to trust you. I do trust you with every part of this process. You won't leave me. You haven't left me. 
You won't leave me and you haven't left me. God, help me to value what you value. Help me to honor what you honor and help me to say what you say in every part of my life. <laughs> You're really funny because I've been praying that. And maybe this is why this is coming out. Help me to say what you say, God, concerning myself, concerning others. Lord God, help us to decree what you decree, to declare what you declare, Lord God, to get heaven on earth. Lord God, to do what you've said to do. All creation is waiting for us. Let's, let's, help, let's help them to stop waiting. We're here. God, help us to remember <laughs> to be humble when there's a naysayer in our midst that we don't get offended. Um, but that we think on our toes and go ahead and cast down that imagination. We go ahead and see that it's Satan operating and that we don't get mad at people. And we don't keep score. And we don't carry offense. Um, and help us to stop cursing ourselves. Let us continue to speak what you speak over us. And God, just heal us. Heal us from what we know or what we think we know. Heal us from the knowledge of evil. God, we give you the knowledge that we have of evil things. Father, I just invite you, Holy Ghost, I invite you into every house, to every heart, Lord God, into every space, Lord God, of my life and into the lives of my listeners. Just envelop them even now, God, and dwell them, speak to them, Lord. Comfort them. Let them hear what you're saying. Lord God, pull up all the weeds and all the thorns. Show them how to do it. And God, just be magnified. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name I pray. Amen. I'm going to get off now. It wasn't supposed to be this long, or I didn't think it would be. But anyway, um, have a great evening, y'all. And just know that God is greater than anything and everything. Your naysayers and your own mouth. Good night.